salutations, Fraser Files. This is the Fraser Analysis. I'm the Critical Android, and joining me as always is Eric. How are you, sir? Great. Glad to hear it. We are diving into episode eight of season one, Beloved Infidel. This episode was directed by Andy Ackerman, who worked quite a bit on Cheers. Leslie Eberhard <laughs> is the writer of this episode. Originally broadcast on November 4th, 1993. And uh, we'll get right into it here. And basically, uh, I'll start off with just saying that I think this is really the first episode of Frasier that we see that, to me at least, is far more character-driven and emotionally driven than it is comical. 100% agree with that. Okay, I, I was hoping you would, because uh, that, that was my impression as I was rewatching this. Is like, I came away from the episode... Not so much laughing as I was, like, this was a good episode in terms of, like, really feeling for the characters and, and coming to appreciate them even more. Yep. Uh, so I'll have you talk a little bit about the, the plot of the episode, though. Uh, okay, so the basic plot is, um, Fraser's just wrapped up his radio show, and Niles shows up. They're, they're scheduled to go to a lecture that Niles has, but it's been canceled. So they decide to grab dinner together, and when they're at the restaurant, they notice that uh, Niles notices that Martin is there having dinner with another uh, another uh, having dinner with a woman, and they think that he's out on a date, but um, all of a sudden the woman starts starts bawling her eyes out uncontrollably and runs out of the restaurant, and Niles and Fraser recognize the woman as being um, a, a family friend of of their parents. Dating back to when they were Marion Lawler, Lawler. Yep. Dating, dating back to when they were children. So they're kind of confused by all this. Um, I do like some of the lines that are delivered in that scene at the restaurant, though, such as when Fraser goes, uh, oh, my God, what? I just realized that if Dad's eating here, this can't be a very good restaurant. Restaurant, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or when, uh, and, uh, when Niles is describing what's going on, or, uh, or no, I can't wait, it's Fraser's just describing what's going on, right? Or is no, it Niles? Niles is the one yes. descriptions because Fraser's sitting with his back to it. Yes, and Niles is Niles is looking and it's like, uh, and they're talking and she's bawling. <laughs> it's like uncontrollably she just collapsed onto the table. <laughs> and Fraser's like, yeah, sounds like a crane first date, all right. And then the uh, there's a, there's an exchange where uh, Fraser orders a, a drink, a cocktail, and he asks Niles if he wants a martini. Niles says, "No, I'm driving." Niles is paranoid that they parked in this parking lot across the street, and he's like, you know, it said it was for all the stores, maybe I should just go buy some soap or potpourri or something, and he's just like, don't be ridiculous. And then after Marion Lawler runs us sobbing out uncontrollably out of the restaurant, <laughs> Fraser goes, you know, Niles, maybe we should have that that uh, that cocktail after mm-hmm. all. <laughs> he goes, no, I can't, I'm driving. Uh, no, uh, no, God, they, they just took your car. Yes. <laughs> To which Niles just stands up incredulous and then just puts his hands in his his face in his hands like damn it. <laughs> so this this weighs on them overnight and when they're when they're finally uh, get back together at Fraser's house, again Niles is a great line when he enters the door. Daphne says, "What brings you here, Doctor Crane? Thanks to my brother, a rental car." <laughs> um, but uh, they begin to to think about what what was what was the deal last night? Why was Dad meeting up with a, a woman that, that he hasn't seen in, you know thirty years or so? So then I'll let you kind of take over where where 
it goes from here. Yeah, Niles does some basically introspection and remembers that he has a diary or a journal and he's reading through it and discovers that there was a period of time uh, that they must have blocked out of their memory where like she where uh, their dad and mother were fighting all the time while Martin and Hester were really at odds and he remembers capturing some of this in a journal and he's reading off the entries and they're very sophisticated and he, and, but Fraser goes and it's like Niles, how old were you when you wrote that? And he's like, nine. Which would explain some of the redundancy. It's like vacuous and vapid. <laughs> the synthesis phrases like a necessary tonic for my soul and <laughs> all this ridiculously flowery language that no nine-year-olds should be writing. <laughs> but they also discover they also discover pictures that have somebody cut out of them as well. So you have these like confluence of events with like this friction uh, Niles' journal recalling like the, these experiences that, like when they were away for uh, uh, vacation with the Lawlers and themselves. Like there's like all these things going on to where they're getting very suspicious that something something had happened, and so they decide that they're going to call is it Aunt Vivian. They decide that they're going to call Aunt Vivian to get information on whether or not anything had happened because she's uh, the running mouth of the family. Uh, who can't... Niles has, Niles has a, a certain suspicion about, and, and declares what he thinks the the issue is. But we'll get to that. Yes. So they are getting ready to call, and then Martin comes into play, and he, he walks in and he's wondering what's going on, and uh, th- Daphne this actually is... sort of fills in what's going. On. Yeah, Daphne. Niles is... have been discussing the whole time. Yeah, Daphne essentially is leading on the information here and kind of like, you know, just blabbing things out that they think that Martin had an affair with Marianne Lawler. And Martin, of course, denies it flat out, just like saying that this is ridiculous. And then Daphne says, yes, they were even going to call some Aunt Vivian about it. And Martin gets very quiet and stoic, dismisses Daphne, asking if she can please leave. And then, after she does, uh, just in her, her complaining about always missing the good stuff, uh, Martin basically looks at his boys and says, yeah, I had an affair. It was a long time ago. I, I regret it. We moved on from it. Don't ever ask me about it again. Never ask about it again. And just leave it at that. Whether Martin knows this or not, that explanation is certainly not not good enough for any of them. They, they end up not calling... And Vivian about it, but it, it's really tearing them tearing them apart. To where, when they're talking later on in this episode, Fraser says, "I can't believe that your father had an affair with uh, or cheated on my mother." Yeah. To which Niles responds, "Fraser, your loyalties are showing. If, do I have to remind you that I got mom's uh, slight features while you got dad's chunky thighs?" <laughs> <laughs> But, but Niles also has a great line, like right after Martin walks away, he goes, uh, it's times like these where a strong family would find out what <laughs> you know, brings them all together and and uh, get through this. What shall we, what do, we do? Yes. <laughs> to to really get to the meat of this episode, uh, just I'm gonna I'm gonna just jump to the scene where Marianne Lawler comes to the Frasers apartment. She's looking to speak with Martin. And Frazier is just like, 
giving her a death glare. Uh, and kind of a jerk to her. Like, yeah, just being like this unmitigated asshole to her. Uh, very snarky. Comments and everything, yeah, snarky. Yeah, like, uh, uh, she's, uh, well, she says something like, I, well, if, please just, uh, I'd like you to, I'd like to give uh, your father my best. And Frasier's like, oh, I think you already did that. And, like, uh, she's, like, really starting to, like, feel that, like, something's wrong. And it's like, did I come at a bad time? And she's like, why, why don't you come in? And he ha- invites her in and says to her, uh, you know, she explains that she had dinner with her father. And Frasier's like, I, uh, we just found out about what happened that summer. And she's like, oh, Frasier, I'm, you know, sorry that you, you just had to find out about this. Uh, but if it, if it helps you, like, I, I want you to know that we both forgave. We both forgave them. And Fraser's like, this is just starting to dawn on him what exactly she's saying here. It wasn't Martin who had the affair. It was Hester. And that's not an easy revelation for Fraser to take. But his attitude immediately softens towards Marianne, uh, realizing how horribly wrong he was. And, you know, he, he wishes her well and... Uh, she says how she she, mentions her husband had just passed away. Yeah, about to say, and that's the reason why one of the reasons why she went to talk with Martin about it. And Frazier wishes her well and everything, and you know sees her out. And then when Martin does show back up, Frazier questions him about things, and Martin's immediately just upset that he's even bringing this up again. And then Frazier says Marianne Lawler came and told him what really happened. And Martin Which is... still pisses Martin off, because he says, you did your little digging, and you got your real answer, so I bet you're happy now. Yeah. So. But Martin basically explains that Fraser already, like, idolizes his mother, and he didn't want to destroy that, and he knows that he you know doesn't much care for for him anyway. So there, there was no real harm in making Fraser just more mad at Dad about it. Though Fraser doesn't like that that kind of dishonesty, but he also opens up to to his father and lets him know that Lilith cheated on him, yeah. and Martin wasn't aware of this fact. But you know, when they're discussing the whole honesty and integrity of this moment, he you know, carte blanche asks Fraser, or or point blank, I should say, or would you tell uh, Freddie about this when he gets older that Lilith cheated on you? And Frazier does not know how to answer that. That point just kind of sets in with, with Frazier that, no, he's, he's probably not going to tell Freddy about it. And, you know, that's it, it's this bonding moment between them and a very powerful moment, too, where we find that, you know, the, the person who Frazier has idolized for all this time, his mother, was not perfect by any means. And Martin does say that he was not a very easy man to live with at that time. Yeah, I was going to mention that he... he... Very openly, honestly, it's like, uh, you know, don't hate your mother for this. I wasn't the easiest person to get along with, and I don't really blame her for what she did, even though, it, you know, at times it tore me up. Yeah, so. and it's it's a really deep, introspective moment for both of them. Yeah. But at the same time, they're actually outwardly expressing things, which is very rare, especially yeah. at this point in time in their relationship, uh, to see this all happening. And it's a very deep and powerful and moving part of the episode. So, I mean, that that's the real weight of that episode is that, that entire scene. Like, the rest of it, 
you know, there, there's other scenes that take place, and obviously the radio station and whatnot, but none of that compares to the the scene that takes place after Martin meets with, or after Fraser meets, meets with Marianne, and uh, they have their discussion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and it, it becomes the first, you know, it becomes like, we're only eight episodes in, but we're already starting to see how much Martin and Fraser's relationship, and Martin, the character of Martin in general, has really started to, to evolve and change a little bit. Because, you know, can you imagine the Martin from the first episode of The Good Son, like we talked about, you know, where he's basically destroying Fraser's part, you know, property, kicking over stuff, and being totally disrespectful to now he's opening up to his son about, you know, their mother uh, having an affair and cheating on him. And, you know, they're really bonding over over a, a, a big emotional thing happened to both of them. Yeah, there's, there's really not a lot more to say about that, but it, it really is just an incredibly powerful thing. I, I don't know. Do you have any other thoughts on it? I don't think, I don't think so, no. Well, uh, then I guess that brings us to the MVP of the episode, and I, I'd be shocked if we didn't agree that uh, on this one, because um, I, I have to say flat out that uh, the MVP is Martin. Okay, yeah, the consensus on that one. Because, so, yeah, it's 100% it's Yeah, just the, the emotional nuance, the performance, and the way that he opens, and his humility in, first of all, wanting to either take the blame for, for what he didn't do, and then for, even when he does put the blame on Hester and admits that, not putting the blame on her entirely and, like, faulting himself. It's just one thing after another of him... Just really stealing the show in this episode. John Mahoney is uh, does a great job of being emotive and showing and expressing that emotion, and it's just uh, really, really well done. Agreed, agreed. He he really gets he really you know, brings out uh, the emotion and gets pretty deep in, in this episode. So that brings us to the the rating, and uh, I'll I'll let you go first with this one and. Uh, Say what you uh, would give the episode for a rating. Okay, uh, between the fact that it gets, or, you know, it gets uh, so emotional, uh, like we like we mentioned, it's, it's the first character-driven, more emotional episode rather than you know comedic. It still has you know a, a, a several really good one-liners that make you you know burst out laughing. And then actually one of the things that we we didn't mention that I just thought about that I really like is the callback to Cheers. Um, when Martin asked who was the guy that had an affair with Lilith, he mentioned some Frenchman who lived in a self-contained underground ecopod. Yes. So we've we got a little reference to the ecopod. Hey, he says uh, still sounds be- it still sounds better than a, well, a podiatrist with a, a bad urologist with a, a comb bad over, bad comb over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so for all those reasons, I'm going to give this a solid eight out of ten. Oh, that's uh. Also fitting, because that's exactly what I get this episode. <laughs> which is going to make the averaging of this one very easy. Uh, very easy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely not the funniest episode you'll see. But it is remarkably strong for revealing the, the depth of character. Uh, especially this early in the show. And just being a, a, a good, well-written, well-developed episode. Yeah, I always enjoyed this episode. So, with that being said, uh, do you have any other closing thoughts? Or uh, No, I think we hit them all. 
All right. Well, then, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Frasier Analysis. Next one coming up will be uh, uh, Episode 9, Selling Out. So we'll see you for that episode. But until then, this is the Critical Android thanking you uh, for listening and thanking Eric once again for being here, sir. Oh, yeah. Uh, So until we see you next time, have a good day and good mental health. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, baby, but I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those toss salads and scrambled eggs. Calling again. The android has left.